today I'm speaking with the amazing Jessica Jansen Olstad, who is a motivational speaker, published author, creator of the Love for Lewiston Foundation, the apparel line, the Lewiston label. She's a wife, she's a mother, all wrapped up in the most upbeat and awe-inspiring personality. I am so excited to chat with her today about all things life, her new book, her story about her sweet boy Lewiston, who had spinal muscular atrophy, and how his life story inspired her to create a new life path and choose to bring the joy in all she does, which includes bringing knowledge to this disease, raising awareness, and almost a million dollars towards this cause, which is so dear to her heart. Hey, all you beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. I am Jen, the host and creator of this show. If you are a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be, all while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more or connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com or on Instagram. So go pour a hot cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Cocky and Concealer Podcast. Today, I am chatting with the amazing Jessica Jansen about bringing the joy in life. She has gone through so many situations that so many people would have faltered going through. She's chosen to stand strong and take her pain and create a new life path, remembering her sweet son, Lewiston, in the most amazing way. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, girl. So happy to be here. Amazing. Uh, How are you handling quarantine, first and foremost? Well, asking me right now, and it's a good day because I've got my workout in, the kitchen's cleaned, I cleaned the house yesterday, Um, asked me a week and a half ago on Saturday, I was having a complete meltdown. I I think it's like everybody, you know what I mean? It's like you're just riding the roller coaster of emotions where you're like, okay, we're in a good spot. I know the biggest thing that I've been tested with is keeping my habits and our routine in check. And I think if you're listening to anyone positive on social media, which I hope people are, routines and habits are the key to like getting through this thing. So like we still sit down and have a proper family dinner. And lots of times I was racing out to get to an event. So now it doesn't feel rushed, which is really cool. Um, We're spending more time together. And my husband's been like the total glue and backbone because I'm like, you know, working behind the scenes to get a lot of stuff done, but we're doing really well. Our kids are healthy. So we truly don't have any complaints. And, you know, a couple of times we're like, okay, everyone in the car, we're going to walk in a different neighborhood and we're going to order. We started this cute little tradition where, I mean, people can judge, but we got um, takeout French fries and we just shared them in the car. And it was like, it was under five bucks. It was super reasonable. And everyone just had a fun little treat. And we've done that kind of every Saturday. So we're, we're doing really well. And honestly, like there is no complaints. I think I saw the meme where it's like people were called to war, were called to stay at home and sit on their couch. And it's like, dang it, people, there's the perspective piece. I know. I know. I hear you. Absolutely. You have to, you're right. Like go for a quick drive. Like I know we have gone for drives to like olds and red deer and just to like get out, go in the car, the kids will sleep sometimes. So mm-hmm. I get it. It, it, changes the dynamic, right? Yes. You know, there's memes too about, um, I'm sure obviously having Swayze that you have watched the movie Tangled. Yes. Like she was yeah. stuck up there for 18 years. So like yeah. we can, we can hang out here for a couple of oh, that. Have you ever seen that a meme though about, um, Tangled and how it's like, they like whatever the town is and like the coronavirus and like how it all circles back and it's like, whoa, that's freaky. Right. Like big conspiracy theory. I know. Right. Oh, amazing. Okay. Well, I'm glad you guys are doing well. Uh, I hear you. Some days it's, they're tougher than others and we just have to like plow through them and get through them. Um, so why don't you kind of introduce yourself and tell us about your journey? 
It's so funny. I just said earlier, this is, I'm recording three podcasts today. And so sometimes I'm like, wow, my journey's so boring, but I think it's just because I hear it on repeat. So for anyone that maybe doesn't know, uh, my name's Jess, like she said, and I'm originally born and raised uh, just outside of Winnipeg, Manitoba on a farm in 20, 2000, sorry, 2006. I decided to move to Calgary, young, dumb, and single. I had $300 to my name. I moved here and made a life for myself, which has been amazing. And along the way, I started volunteering for a sweet family that has two kids with a disease called spinal muscular atrophy. And then I started working at this company, which is where I met my husband. We originally hated each other and couldn't stand each other. And I thought he was a pompous a-hole and he thought I was a stuck up, you know, B word. And so long story short, uh, we end up um, starting hanging out as friends. I take him to church. We fall in love. That's the short version. They can learn about the full version in my book. And from there, um, we hit a rough patch as a married couple. I think as we all do, marriage is hard. We're going on seven years here, but um, you know, we hadn't really figured out finances and um, I wasn't a very good teammate. I was constantly against my husband. And so we hit a rough patch. And in that rough patch, we went into the therapy session and the counselor's like, go find a real problem. He's like, no one's abusing anyone. No one's, you know, cheated on anyone. Like you literally just are arguing about how you do things. Like figure, figure it out, grow up. And we did. And a week later after that, we literally found out we were pregnant with our daughter Swayze. And we had her in April, 2015. She turns five next week which is so exciting and crazy to think that I have a five-year-old. And when she was four months old, I was like, man, I'm like, I am so tired. And legit, she was sleeping like I was a hardcore crazy lady about sleep training, which I highly recommend if you're a mom. And I was like, why am I so tired? And one day I remember it so vividly in my head, I caught myself uh, totally asleep on my couch and I had drool coming out of my mouth. I'm like, I'm exhausted. Anyways, I decided to pee on a stick and we had sex three times <laughs> since our daughter was born. And we're like, and one of those times we made a baby. So a year later, along comes my son, our son, uh, Lewiston in May, 2016. So I have a 13 month old and a, a, a brand new newborn. It was crazy. My mom stays with us. We eventually go back to Winnipeg so that we can uh, go and vacation in Winnipeg. That's where we vacation. I'm air quoting vacationing in Winnipeg and have this awesome time at a friend's cabin. And Ronnie goes back to Calgary and I decide to stay. Lewiston had been a really colicky baby and I don't even think I had recognized it, but man, he was colicky, really hard to settle, constantly had to be bouncing and shaking and tapping and moving. And I was like getting even more tired because I literally would have to keep him moving till like two in the morning. And eventually we both would just pass out and get a couple hours of sleep and then you'd repeat the whole cycle again. And so I took him to a chiropractor there and she wouldn't even treat him. She's like, ah, he's struggling to breathe and his skin's really mottled. It looked like graph paper kind of his skin. I hadn't even noticed it because, you know, as a newborn baby, they like, he had really bad baby acne. And so I thought maybe, you know what I mean? And it's like, is it a heat rash? Yeah. So long story short, we took him into the hospital in Winnipeg. I literally was not panicked, not worried. I stopped for a gluten-free sandwich and uh, an Americano at my favorite little bake shop, gluten-free bakery in Winnipeg. And upon getting on there, kind of got the eye like, oh, like, what do you know as a mom? Like, you look like a first-time mom. But literally after she took his rests, um, I got ushered right back into literally a resuscitation room. And the whole entire team started working on him and calling out vitals. And I was like, what in God's green earth is happening? Mm -hmm. And I still at this point was kind of like, okay, everybody's overreacting. And like, people are like, ma'am, where's your husband? Do you need to sit down? Are you okay? And I'm like, well, like, I was in such shock. I couldn't even yeah. process so we spent six days there, did all these tests, 
And the family that I had connected with where I started volunteering for that had two kids with uh, spinal muscular atrophy, uh, Karen, the mom said like, get them tested. I'm like, well, what is the test involved? Is it this crazy crash? She's like, it's just a blood test. So they did a blood test and the blood test, um, got sent off. We decided to, um, leave Winnipeg. They like send us home, like, Hey, we can't do anything else for you. Our son's still limp, but kind of better. You know, it's not an infection. It's not a vitamin deficiency. We get back to Calgary. They rerun all the tests. We go back into children's and on August 5th, the pediatric neurologist here delivers the news that she believes that her son has SMA type one. And I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Like I know this family, we just finished, we had just finished about a month earlier fundraising 45, almost 50,000 plus dollars for a wheelchair accessible van. So I was like, oh, I know all about it. I'm like, okay, we're going to need a wheelchair accessible van. I'm like, oh, we're going to need like a ramp into our house. And I'm like, the good news is when you go to Disney, I was like, you get to cut the line. So I'm like, that's super sweet. And I'm like, you get all the awesome parking stalls because we're going to have the little blue handicap sign. So like, we're good to go. Yeah. And she's like, no, Jessica, like, I don't think you get it. And she hands me this eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. She's like, it's SMA type one. And that typically means uh, death before the age of two. And because Lewiston's so young, she goes, I don't think that he'll make his first birthday. And that was like our blow. And mm-hmm. um, the room was dark. The blinds were drawn. The sun, it was bright out. I remember the day, it was August 5th. Like it was a bright, sunny, kind of perfect summer day. And uh, she left us in the room to just kind of process this and said, you know, she'd come back once we were ready with questions. And I just was like, I need to breathe. Like I couldn't breathe. And we just crumbled. I think you, you go through all the emotions, shock and denial and anger and frustration and hurt and sorrow and sadness. And my husband and I went outside and there's a beautiful track at the back of Alberta Children's Hospital in this cool playground. And I'm like, we just needed to change our perspective from the dimly lit room until a place where you know, that we could let the sunshine in. And by shifting our perspectives, we were able to look at the situation a little bit differently. And when we came in, I was like, damn it. I was like, we are going to give our son an incredible life. So we're going to bring joy. I don't know what this looks like, how we're going to do it, but we're going to bring joy. And I just remember this vision of me in that hospital bed. And I don't know if you've ever visited someone or whoever's listening to this has visited someone that's dying in a hospital. It usually smells bad. It's usually kind of gross. The room feel and vibe is very depressing. It's hard to be in there. And I was like, man, if that is my life, if that's how I'm going out, um, I don't want it to feel like that. So I brought in my diffuser and I started diffusing essential oils. And I'm like, we started having these dance parties and we were just like, we are going to bring joy to our son's life. However that is, we're going to bring the joy. And so we started doing all these small little habits and it truly transformed our life. And unfortunately, there was no treatment and cure for SMA at the time. Uh, lots, we tried to get into clinical trials and all of the crazy, but none of it ended up panning out. And our son, you know, he had major fight, but we said, when he doesn't have fight, we're going to have to be okay. And um, we're going to fight with him. But when he doesn't have fight, we're going to have to let him go. And so on November 22nd, uh, just shy of a six month birthday, he took his final breath and passed away after his morning bath. And it was a horrible, hard, hard day. And Um, it was, you know, extremely tough, but we made his like memories and our journey and his life with him. And we had joy in the journey and we brought the joy daily. And so we had this incredible time with our son 
Calgary is one of the only places in Canada that has a children's hospice, which you'd hope a city doesn't have to have it, but it did. And uh, our family was able to live together. We celebrated his life and then, um, and had his funeral. And then in, in March, March, April, we had friends that said, Hey, like, what do you want to do for Lewiston's first birthday? And I was like, you know what? We should host a fundraiser for the hospital. They were so good to us. Like, let's try and raise $10,000. That sounds crazy. And that snowballed into raising $42,000 on one night. 42 turned into 100,000. 100 turned into 268 the next year, which turned into like 350 plus. And so to date, we've raised just over 700,000, whatever the math is. And it was insane. It's insane that we've chosen to bring the joy in all the circumstances. And we've really tried to cultivate that as a culture with our family and with the people that we're impacting and surrounding. And so my life shifted from, you know, before we had a kid, I was um, the director of operations. And then I was selling software at this massive global company. I wanted to climb the ranks to become, you know, their head of their NFL portfolio division and do all this stuff. And it just, I mean, I wasn't happy. I ended up quitting right before Ronnie and I really hit a rocky spot and it changed the direction of my life. And so now I'm an author and a speaker. I just um, am launching my book. It comes out in May and really walks through the journey of dealing with the marriage and being single and trying to figure out who to marry and, you know, the death of my son and, and how we've made good out of all of the heartache that we've had and how we've truly used pain as rocket fuel. And so here we are today, it's 2020. We're in the midst of COVID. Um, I feel like I was a pro because we self-isolated when our son was really sick. Like literally if you had sneezed two weeks ago, I was like, sorry, you can't come over, like stay away. Even in the hospice, you know, it was like gown, glove, um, hand sanitizer, washing, you know, very kind of particular. And so we're just like, everyone's healthy. No one in our immediate family, I, I mean, I want to be really sensitive. People are dying from this, so it is very serious, but um, you know, this is it. And like I said earlier, we're being called to stay at home and sit on the couch. And so that time has prepared us for a time like this. And we've used those life lessons rather to beat us down, knock us down and keep us down. We've used those to mold and shape who we are today and, and what we're working on. And so it's just been a whirlwind, but also a crazy blessing. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I, your journey, obviously I knew bits and pieces of it. And I think kind of the, the Coles notes version, but I didn't obviously know all of those details. Um, it's crazy that you guys, not a lot of people are capable of taking that kind of pain and turning it into something positive. So that just shows the, the two people that you two are, and you guys are the head of your family tree. Like it's going to trickle down to Hollis and Swayze. So the fact that you guys can, you know, stay true to your faith and, and mm -hmm. stay true to just being strong people and bringing the joy. Not everyone could do that. So again, I hope you know how strong that makes you guys. Thanks. I believe everyone can do it. It's just not everyone's default setting. And I shared this on a podcast the one I recorded earlier, um, you know, I think people sometimes are like, oh, well, you're just naturally born that way and super peppy. You know what I mean? I was like, no, actually, I tried to commit suicide and I was in that deep, dark of a depression that I know how heavy, how, you know, crappy. I want to use some other choice words because those sometimes are the only words to describe the heavy and the darkness. I've been in the darkness, yeah. but I've been there and I know I don't want to go back. So I literally have rewired my brain so that the default setting is to bring the joy. Like how can we bless somebody today? How can we show up for somebody? What can we do? And so that's where I want to encourage anyone if they're listening is like, if you are like, Oh, you're just born that way. Or, Oh, you're just peppy. It's like, no, I've done the work to be here. And it's truly a choice in how you show up. Absolutely. I am 
obviously different circumstances, different story, but I myself have lots of trauma from childhood. Mm. And people, when they do find that part out about me, it's like it doesn't compute with the person that I am now. So I feel like I understand completely, but it again is a choice. You, you veer left or you veer right. And you yeah, the odds were against you and you chose to beat the odds. Absolutely. 100%. But it's, uh, again, I come from like a a dark past and a lot of my family members, unfortunately, just couldn't make that choice. Mm. And sometimes I think it depends on how deep in the dark you really are for you to find yourself back out. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. So, um, okay. So how did you find in that whole situation? Obviously you guys are Christians and I, Mm -hmm. and, and good on you guys for, for making that such a, public part of who you guys are because yeah. I think a lot of especially Christians in this world are maybe scared to speak up and say that they are for fear of kind of being bogged down and being put down for it yeah um, and so how did you guys kind of stay true to your faith going through all of that one of the things <clears throat> sorry it's always so interesting because not everyone would ask these questions so yes um I've had my faith handed to me on a silver platter my parents and my grandparents all grew up in the church you know we all went to church we all had lunch together after church like that just was our family you know we read the bible at Christmas and Easter and we're very close and we prayed it you know all the meals and my husband is complete opposite he was um an addict and a very heavy user to cocaine and um alcohol and did not go to church every day so totally different um upbringing you know, he has an incredible family. They didn't even know he had this addiction. Like it was, it's nuts. So, you know, professional, you know, and hiding all this stuff. That's how Ronnie and I connected was I invited him to church. And so the first thing is, is like, we've had faith is like, that's like the foundation of our relationship. And we were friends before we were lovers, soulmates, teammates, you know, husband, wife. And then I just knew like the only way that I've been able to get through the tough situations is through a faith. And we were having this conversation. I did a live with our pastors and he was like, lots of people ask questions, but faith is not a feeling. Like so often we go off of feelings rather than faith. And faith is like a belief in something regardless of what the outcome is going to be. And for me, it's like a hope in heaven and grace, like unmerited, undeserving favor. I have it tattooed on my foot. And what a beautiful thing that is, is to have unmerited, undeserving favor. God's not asking me to be perfect. He's just asking me to show up. And so we just were like, Hey, we can glorify God in this. And it's like, um, goodness can come from it. I totally believe that. And it didn't happen in the time. I mean, we prayed for a miracle and in the book. I really talk about wanting to rip God's face off, punching him in the face, telling him to F off because those were all the emotions I felt. Um, you know, it doesn't make me less human or it didn't make it necessarily easier. But what for me was like, the end game was really like, God can be glorified in this and we can find goodness in this. It's, it's a choice in how we look at it. And so the biggest thing for me is that faith goes deeper than feelings. And I haven't always felt like praising God or giving God the glory, but we have, and we've just seen miracle after miracle in that. I hope, does that kind of answer the question? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like you have more peace about the fact that Lewiston is in heaven? 100. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm saying hell yeah. As we talk about heaven, <laughs> here's the thing. We sat around in a group group, grief group. It was like, hey, congrats, your kid died. Come to this group therapy, like for all the parents that have lost a kid. You know, you go around the circle and it's like, hi, my name's Jess. My kid died when he was six months old to, you know, rare disease. Hey, my name's Sharon. I'm making up names here. And my kid died from cancer. Hey, my name's, you know, Suzette. And my kid um, got hit by a car and died, you know, a month ago. Like crazy stories. You would never wish them upon anyone. 
and some people in the group, as we're going through, you know, some people believe that, or they were worried that their kid was still fighting cancer or wasn't fully healed. And I was like, whoa, what a heavy burden to bear. Hot dang. I wouldn't want to bear that burden. Like that's what my hope in heaven is. It's like new life, no pain, golden brick road. Like in my head, whether this is right or wrong, um, Lewiston is fully alive for some reason. He's like a young kid. He's like kind of five-ish, I feel, mm-hmm. maybe six. He's playing baseball with um, Ronnie's dad who passed away. They're digging in the dirt. They're in the gardens. Like that is what I see. And I see him being welcomed by all the people that have gone before us, my grandparents, Ronnie's dad, Ronnie's other dad, you know, waiting there with open arms, accepting him. And so I just have that beautiful picture. And that is like why I believe in God is just like that hope in heaven. And that's what grace is. He's like, you don't have to do a certain amount of things. You don't have to give a certain amount of money. You know, it's not like, Oh, you screwed up on your third time. And like, you know, I'm sorry, back to jail. You go. It's like, no matter how messy, ugly and imperfect your life is, there's grace. And that means that you're accepted and heaven is such a beautiful thing and has given us so much peace as a couple. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for the people that don't know what SMA is, do you want to explain it to people? Mm -hmm. So it's called spinal muscular atrophy. It would fall under muscular dystrophy type of family. So the crazy thing is, is that you think that it's a muscle disease and it's not a disease in the muscles. It's actually DNA that's missing. So, um, crazy enough, we got my parents tested. Ronnie's mom got tested. His dad had passed, but none of our families are carriers of it. We just are both a weird gene mutation. So I'm missing one copy of a gene. He's missing a, a copy of the gene. So because we're both missing a copy when we passed our DNA onto our kids, like another reason, like how can you not believe in God when you see how complicated the human body is? Absolutely. Um, my husband said this on the live. He said, when you look at Pamela Anderson, then how is there any way that we could be like created by monkeys? He said that to our pastors. I said, Oh Lord Jesus, help us all. But I think it was super funny. Yeah. So anyways, as parents, you pass on copies of your DNA. We both have had this messed up um, gene mutation where we don't have a copy of it. So we both passed on the zero copy. So no copy to our kid. Um, And there's a 25% chance that they'll actually have a disease 50% chance of carrier and 25% nothing. And so Lewiston was our 25% chance that he would have the disease. And so he had no copies. And so it's an SMN gene. So it's a survival motor neuron and that DNA that what that gene does very simply is it reproduces the nerve endings so that they're communicating to your muscles. So like without thinking right now, if I said, raise your arms, you could raise your arms. Or if I said, give yourself a high five, you could give yourself a high five. And so those muscles, the brain communicates, but because the nerve endings have died, the muscles are so weak, they atrophy and eventually they atrophy. And so the nerve endings start in the legs. So that's typically why you see them like really like frog legged open and can't walk. And then it'll slowly creep up the, the body. So if you'll see someone that's in their thirties or forties or fifties, you know, they're maybe on breathing machines and, and not able to walk there in a wheelchair, but it just moved and progressed so rapidly with our son and he had the worst form. There's four different types. And so, yeah, he passed away because he literally no longer had the ability to breathe or to swallow. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, it's a horrible thing to watch, you know, every breath was like a gift, literally be like, okay, set a breath. Okay. Are you okay? Like literally if you get something in your throat, you can go, you can just cough it out. Right. 
um, they can't do that. They need equipment and machines and they don't have that, that, um, physical strength. And so he just got to that point where, um, he just kept getting mucus stuck in his throat and he couldn't breathe. And so it was a horrible thing to watch. And so, um, again, thankful for heaven that we, he, we were able to watch him, um, just know watching him and saying, okay, this is it. He's done fighting. He can't do this anymore. And we, he passed peacefully, thankfully, but it's a, it's a horrible disease to watch. But the beautiful part of it is that the mind isn't affected. So they're super sharp. They're really brilliant. And the two kids that I volunteered with and have been friends for a very long time, they're probably some of the smartest people you'll meet because they're so articulate and they can use their brain. Their bodies aren't able to do stuff and they're just so good uh, and sharp. It's incredible. I agree. Uh, My sister-in-law actually has spina bifida and she's in a wheelchair. And so I honestly, like if you were ever to have a battle of the wits, I swear she would win every single time. Like she's so brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, the first time I met her, it was quite funny. My husband is a couple years younger than me. And so we met and she Robin the cradle. I like it. Yeah. Um, and so she basically asked me like how old I was and I told her and she's like, Oh, so you're like a cougar. And I was like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> it was literally right? the first time I met her. And I was like, okay, well, that was, that was a taste of Rhea if I've ever yeah. had one. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's a reality. Here it is. Yeah. But seriously, like she volunteers at the children. So I feel like when you are physically disabled, I hate using that word, but when you are, yeah. you're even more able-minded, like your mm-hmm. mind just takes off. And I feel like God gives you the strength to kind of create with the, the tools that you have. Yeah, totally. And so does SMA actually affect the spine specifically? It's the nerve endings travel down through the spine. Okay. okay. And um, a lot of times, so like spina bifida, actually, I don't know if that's a good comparison, so I'm not going to state that claim, but um, eventually they need a spinal surgery. So <laughs> they don't have like the, the strength and the muscles are weakening. And so like a Sean at one point um, in 2012, I was there for, he got spinal surgery and he got two metal rods stuck into his back. So he's very stiff, but his spine was growing at like something like a 30% curvature. And on top of it, um, it was crushing. I mean, I mean, you're upright so that you can have your lungs in place and your, all your organs are positioned. So his, he was so tilted over that he had like less than 25% lung capacity. And it's something like 24 or 25% is like bedridden. Like that's how bad your lung capacity is. And just imagine like you're constantly fighting to keep yourself alive because your organs are working so hard to not be. So that surgery then comes into play. Um, you know, parents will try to delay it as long as possible and there's growth rods now that you can do. So um, you can grow the spine as a child grows where previously you just would stick in the rods and like that was it and they were done growing. So it does affect the spine that way. Okay, okay. Um, Question, do you truly believe that, because you obviously had worked with this family years Mm -hmm. before you ever had Lewiston. Do you feel like that was God's intervention bringing that into your life somehow? You know when like you're like, dang it, God, it would be really great if you could just send me an email with like, what's next? Or like, if you could just like open up the doors. I mean, we used to joke about getting a fax or, you know, whatever. If you're like, oh, if God could just come down. I'm like, if this isn't an abundantly clear that I'm meant to work in this field, I don't know how much more clear. Now you can be mad at God. And I was, and I am. And I was like, I used some very choice words, mother effer. Like, are you effing kidding me? I did all this work. And I did all this good stuff 
And this is like the reward of being good and gracious. Like I was single and I was like using my own money to fly them to my parents' farm. And like, I mean, story after story, taking them on private plane trips. Like I had a friend who was a pilot and, you know, I rented out the plane for a day because Sean always wanted to be a fighter pilot. And so we made this like fighter pilot um, birthday for him. And this is all before social media. It was just like us just like having an amazing time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it did feel like a kick in the vagina. Um, and it felt like a joke. And my husband really wrestled with it. He really had a hard time. Um, you know, he for a very long time regretted that we had a foundation because he's like, we were working in something, a disease that robbed us of having a son, of robbed us of our son's life. And now you're investing all this time and resources. But we've just seen so many good things come out of it. And I, I truly believe it was like, life gives us contracts and it's like event plus your reaction and your response equals um, this, sorry, event plus, yeah, your reaction equals like your circumstances. And so it's like what you choose in that. So I've just been like, okay, this is the cards that were dealt. And rather than denying them and pushing them away, I'm going to accept it and do what I can with what I have and bless. I mean, we know some very wealthy people, some very generous people, some really good people, and we've been able to do incredible work. And I have a heart and a compassion for it. And I think that helps make it easier. No, absolutely. Um, Okay, so next question. Obviously, Swayze was quite young when Lewis mm-hmm. was born. How is she as she develops and gets older? So she's almost five, you said? I have a four and a half. Sunday. Yeah. So, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and so I get the questions. I get how curious they are. And as they develop, their brain obviously changes and they ask new things. How does she, like, what does she ask about Lewiston now? Like, does she ask anything about him? It comes and goes in waves. Like, I think it's when you least expect it. Like one day I was driving to Ronnie's mom's house. She's like, mom, I want to go to heaven and be with Lewiston. And I was like, you know, we had just like, you know, maybe it was a year out. I was like, no, no, you cannot go to heaven. You're like, we want you here for a really long time. She's like, heaven sounds so great. You know what I mean? And so I think you go in these seasons. um, Like she painted her first family drawing of our family and without prompting her, she drew Lewiston into the picture. He's in a crib, um, which I think is funny because he would be like, and Hollis is walking. So it's like so cool to see like their interpretation of things. Um, you know, we have his urn and we have lots of pictures up in, in the house. And it'll be fun to teach Hollis about his older brother. And we've just done a really great job of including him in 100%. the whole thing of it. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So I have an audio copy of your book. I've signed up to get one. Thanks, so girl. talk about your book. I know it's coming out next month. I know you're working crazy. So kind of tell us about it. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited about it. I literally, when we did the pre-sale campaign, I had no idea what the title of the book was. I'm like, I'll just call bring the joy. That's just like one of the slogans. Yeah. And then it's like the, they're making our, the team was designing the cover and they're like, yeah, we're, the title bring the joy. And I said, like, Whoa. And then as I thought about it, I'm like, why wouldn't it be bring the joy? Like that is like my life's mission. My, my, role is to be light for people that are stuck in darkness. I figured that out in 2017 on the top of a mountain in Hawaii and I haven't faltered or wavered from that. And it's not always easy. And so the book um, is about how following the nudges of your heart leads to an abundant life. 
And I believe we have all of these nudges in our hearts. You know, I call it God, whether you call it intuition, the universe, Buddha, you know, you're dead great great grandma whatever it is um, I believe we have nudges in our heart and it's about recognizing them and I truly believe that when you start responding to the nudges like I was nudged to go um, talk to that family in church that day I was nudged to like pursue my husband and then I was nudged to pursue him again and again because he kept on being like hey back off like we're just friends so I was like no I love you and he was like, no, like, I don't feel the same way. But I kept on feeling the nudge and in responding and choosing to do next steps with the nudges, that's where the joy comes. And so that's what this book walks you through is, is like, what are those nudges? And we're doing a bring the joy challenge in my Instagram community right now. Anyone can participate. It's totally free. And on Friday, Friday, no, Saturday, Saturday is all about like, what's the nudge on your heart? And it can be as small as like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to buy my girlfriend a $5 gift card from when, when we're out of COVID, or I'm going to go drop a bottle of wine off on someone's front step. And I hope that I know that her and her husband are struggling in their marriage and I'm going to drop off, you know, maybe a charcuterie board so that they can have an in-person date night, whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's like, what are the nudges? Like, how are you listening and responding to those? Because every time I've listened and responded and I've made an action and a choice on the nudge, that's where the joy comes tenfold. 100%. That's really what the book is about. I'm so excited. Um, Praying that everything goes off without a hitch, um, which is going to be such a blessing. And yeah, it's crazy times right now, but we're making it work. And so the book comes out um, end of May. It'll be on Amazon, I think May 26th. And you can purchase it on my website um, at the lewistonlabel.ca or on my personal website, jessicajanson.ca. It'll just redirect you because we also have a clothing line um, that we sell that has like Lewiston life lessons on them. So I love it. I love it. I'm so excited to get it. Um, Can people go and like pre-purchase it now? Yes. So I don't know when this is, do you know the date that the podcast is going out? Probably today. (laughs) Oh, look at you go. Okay. Hot dang. Sometimes people are like, it'll be out in two weeks and you're like, Oh, okay. Um, if it goes out today, we don't have to have final numbers to the printers till I think it's the April 24th. So we are, we've decided to keep our pre-sale campaign and you literally can get two books for 10, uh, for 20 bucks. So two books for 20, two for 20, a super good deal. Yes. You have to pay for shipping. Don't shoot me. I'm not Canada post. The shipping is not the cheapest thing in the world. I apologize, but I I guarantee it'll be worth it. And it's like a way to support, you know, female entrepreneur. And I think there'll be life lessons in there that are so relatable and applicable, whether you're single, whether you're in the middle of a tough marriage season or whether, you know, maybe you're dealing with grief and it might not be the grief of a child. Maybe it's the grief of um, a loss of a business or a parent, or, you know, there's so many different things that grief can manifest itself in. And so I'm just so excited that my story will hopefully be of encouragement and then be the kick in the ass that most people need to like do the next step. I think I really struggled with doubt and fear and I'm at a new spot in my life where it's like doubt and fear don't have a hold on me and the people that aren't going to cheer me on, the people that are going to judge me because they're out there. Those are just the people that aren't in my corner. And I know they're not in the arena as Brene Brown would say. And so I just pray that this book would give someone the nudge uh, to go and do the good, bold things because life is short. You know, average person gets 30,000 days. My son had 179. And I guarantee if I said to whoever's reading it, like you only have 179 days left, like you wouldn't be getting together with Karen anymore who kind of annoys you, but you do it out of obligation. Be like, Karen, I'm dying. And this is what I'm committing to. So I, I really pray that that would help people that are struggling and just being like life is short, make the good choices build the good habits, get into the routines and follow those nudges. Cause that's where our ultimate joy comes from. 100%. 
Um, so I have a question and it, mm-hmm. it might, uh, hopefully it's a good one, but it's been on my heart. And so I really wanted to ask your nudge to ask me it. Now it I have to answer. Nudge. It's okay. brought to me, but obviously I'm a mom of two boys. And so yeah. dear to my heart, if Lewiston was still with us, he would yeah. be how old now? Uh, three turning four in May. So f- almost four years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And as he would grow older, let's just say hypothetically, he doesn't have SMA. Mm-hmm. What, kind of, what kind of man do you think he would grow up to be? Oh, holy shit. Sorry. <laughs> holy crap. Um, no one has ever asked me that question. He'd be soft and um, look, like you looked at Lewiston and it made life feel okay. Um, I have an amazing younger brother. His name's Billy. He's single. So if any ladies are on here and want to date him and be my sister-in-law Perfect. and you're, you're nice and you love Jesus and you want to be a farmer's wife and you're up the alley. But, um, yeah, I think he reminds me of my little brother. He is, I think he'd be quiet and laid back. Um, like Hollis is like a bulldozer, like our third son, uh, our third child. He's like, he's like a bulldozer. Like, and you know, you see all those different personalities. So I picture him being really kind, really soft, really sweet. Um, you know, not an attention getter, but just somebody that's like kind of behind the scenes. And that's very much so like my little brother, like he's a servant heart. He's a peacemaker. Um, he's always willing to make sure everybody else is okay and doesn't ever demand or ask for much. And so that's very much. So I think how I'd see Lewiston today would be that soft peacemaker, kind hearted, um, you know, servant and serving and showing up where he can and how he can for sure. That's amazing. Um, is Swayze pretty like tough headed? Is she pretty or is she pretty calm? Oh, she's like me. Like literally she's like my carbon copy. And my husband's like, hot dang. He's like, that is your daughter. Yeah. And um, Hollis is a mini Ronnie. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's almost one. So still doesn't like when you hear Swayze talk, like literally because we've all been cooped up. Like, you know what I mean? We used to have a nanny. God bless. I miss our nanny. We, you know, worked really hard to get to that point. And for both of us self-employed, we were there. Yeah. And, you know, so you weren't with the kids 24 seven and Ronnie's now like he's full on and Lord help us. But it's hilarious. She just doesn't stop talking and like telling us all the stories and doing all the things. And, oh, okay, no, 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 no. Like, here's the options, mom. No, 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 mom. I'm in charge and this is what's going to happen. And so like, she's a leader and she's determined and she's stubborn and she's brave and she's courageous and she knows what she wants. And all of those things are blessings. You know, I love it. Um, Cheryl Sandberg or whatever. Is it Sandberg? Yeah. How she's like, you know, not bossy, but like, it's a leader. Like she's leading the tribe. And that's how I see our daughter Swayze. She's a gift and a blessing. And she truly, I mean, I didn't spend a day in bed mourning my son because I had to get up and make sure that my kid was fed and had breakfast and, you know, was okay. So yeah. she's been um, a massive staple and she's funny. And uh, yeah, she dance parties and it's been a blessing. And she has the best imagination you've ever seen out of any kid you've ever met. I love it. I know. I hear your stories all the time and it's so funny. Uh, In fact, when we actually, we were talking off air about going to the farmer's market, I Mm. obviously recognized her first before I knew you guys were there. And my my little guy sounds exactly like Hollis. He is a bulldozer. Yeah. He's like 16 months now and he's Mm -hmm. like, heaven help us. Yeah. And it's like, everything's getting destroyed, right? Oh my gosh. And our first was not like that. So he, the little one just wants to do what the big one does. And so he was trying to climb up the little play structure and Swayze was helping him. 
because his legs are so short that he couldn't. And so he's, he's like, Oh, let me, like, let me, let me help you. Oh. And she helped him one time. And then he was doing the whole loop by himself. So she's he's like, Oh, I got this. Cause yeah, I would have told it. Yeah. Show me once. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so cute. It's yeah, so, so funny because Swayze gets sometimes recognized more than I do. Sure. Or if she's out with a nanny, people are like, you're a Swayze. Like, and it's like, that happens to my husband all the time. They'll be like, oh, you're Jen's husband. Or, oh, right? my gosh, how's Cash? It's my oldest. Yeah. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, who? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so crazy. Amazing. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we kind of close off here? I mean, here's my encouragement to everybody. Um, you know, if this goes out later on today, my encouragement is, is that like you get a choice in all of this. And I, just like you, I've had my tough days, just like you, I've been frustrated, just like you, I felt darkness, just like you, there's been like anxiety or depression. My anxiety comes out in rage. Like I'm a raging lunatic. So here is the thing is that we get a choice though. Um, Gretchen Rubin says, act how you want to feel. And I want to feel joy because it's far easier on your heart, on your body, in your head, in your mind. It's far easier to feel joy than it is to feel the anger that hurt the sorrow the tragedy and so that's a choice in showing up and so it's like event plus your response equals kind of the outcome every single time and so like it's like what is your response going to be because we don't always get to choose the events that happen to us it's like a deck of cards it's like well of course you want you know an ace or you know the king of spades or whatever it is and you know you got delta a four like no one wants a four you know what I mean and it's like so it's like that's the choice that we get is like how will you respond to that and so I really believe if you are struggling right now if you're hurting I'm really reach out, ask for help, find people that want to be in your corner and look for the ways that you can find the light. And sometimes like you just got to be the light. And so figure out a way to do that, whether that's a dance party in your kitchen, whether that's like doing an act of service and showing up for somebody. I know the more times that I show up and I'm able to spread um, hope and love and joy and peace, like that's like, then my heart just swells and grows even bigger. So that's my encouragement to people. Follow the nudges of your heart, go do the hard work and then just keep showing up and don't lose your habits because that will save you in a time like this. 100%. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and having this chat. I know that a lot of people are struggling going through darkness, whether that's this COVID business or whether mm -hmm. that's something in their life. So I think yes. that just having a little bit of Jess in their life brings, brings a lot of light and a lot of joy. So thank you for brings coming on. Mm -hmm. Amazing. If anybody wants to follow you, go buy your book. Where can they find you? Uh, ca. That's my website. It's super ghetto and it needs a whole rehaul. So if there's a web designer out there that wants to rehelp me build a new website, that'd be great. But here's the thing is like, I, my life is not perfect. Just like my website isn't perfect. And I'd rather show up than wait for everything to be perfect. So for me, it's about progress and I'd love to connect on social media. Um, Instagram is my main platform. That's where I spend all my time. That's where I produce all my content because it's quick and dirty and it's out there. So, um, you can come and enjoy the crazy ride that we call our life and it's a beautiful mess and I'm so thankful for all of it. So I'd love to connect. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and I will talk to you guys very soon. Thanks again. Hey mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. And also, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.